Hey, Sean, thanks for coming on to this Day in Metal podcast today. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm good, good. How are you? Not too bad. So you're on today to talk about the, you have a new band. Can you um, tell me about the band? And Yeah, of course. Uh, the band the band is called Withering Scorn, uh, which is a band that uh, consists of myself, uh, my brother, Glenn Drover, who was with me in Megadeth, and uh, he was from King Diamond and uh, that kind of thing. We have a uh, bass uh, player named uh, Joe Tobias, who was in Fate's Warning for, for many, many years, did all the classic records with Fate's Warning. And uh, our singer's name is uh, Henning Bossi, who was, um, he's from Germany, who's in the band, uh, did all the Metallian records, and he sang on the Firewind record, just a great world-renowned uh, singer. And um, we've been working on this record, really, uh, Glenn and I, since COVID hit in 2019, I'll give you the short story, um, when COVID hit and, and pretty much shut down the music industry as far as the touring, mm-hmm. um, you know, Glenn just, Glenn owns a recording studio up in uh, up in Canada, and he said, you know, why don't we just work on a new record, and, you know, and, and we did, we took about three years on and off to do this record, and uh, to get the ideas together in the songs, and um, we finished the record early this year, and uh, it's about to be released um, on July 7th. It's called uh, Prophets of Demise, and it'll be on uh, Frontiers Records. I was just going to ask you what when, what the date for the release was going to Yeah, July 7th, yeah. Do you have any plans in touring with the band? No, not at the moment. Again, because, you know, it, it's such it's so difficult. Almost every day I'm reading now, and I don't know if you're paying attention to to the metal media and stuff. I mean, bands are canceling tours in Europe. Because, the cost you know, of the buses and stuff? The cost oh, that's of the buses and... and and the petrol of the buses over in Europe, they all take petrol, which which costs an, an enormous amount of money. So bands left and right, man, they're just canceling tours and they just they're just flat out saying, hey, you know, we don't have the budget to do these tours. We're going to come home and lose money. And that's just obviously not good business. So um, what, go ahead. What about our live streaming of a, the like a concert live stream? That's, That's like I mean, that. anything like that is, I guess, possible. We haven't even pondered that. It's actually kind of a neat idea that now that you said that um it's possible certainly not we couldn't get together and do it, it would have to be from four different parts of the planet because that's where we're all from um right. if that's even possible i guess we could explore that idea that actually might be kind of fun to do that but uh you know and you know and again i, I backtrack a little bit you know if we got approached to do a couple of festivals in europe or you know whatever a handful mm-hmm. of festivals or whatever down the road, sure, that's a possibility, but like hardcore touring, I, I don't, I just don't see it as being um, financially intelligent at this juncture, to be honest with you. So we're we're gonna focus on the music and and creating. Uh, you know, we're signed to a four record deal, so we're just gonna keep cranking out music, and uh, and go from there, really. So speaking of the album, what's your favorite song? Do you have a favorite song that you enjoy playing off it? Uh... Well, I love them all because I pretty much wrote them all. Right. <laughs> no, I'm um, I'm happy. You can't, um, can't say bad stuff. Really, right. It's like saying one of your children are, are you know better than the other the other children. But uh, yeah. having said that, I would say uh, we've got a couple of a uh, couple of more epic kind of tunes on the record. They're, they're longer in length and they're a little more dynamic. One's called uh, Eternal Screens, which are which is the last song on the record. I really like that one. Right. Um, Ancient Desire is the other one. That's a, that's a longer. Uh, I call them epic songs, for lack of a better term. But um, those two I really like a lot. They're they're a little more dynamic and structure and stuff, you know. And then of course you got the up tempo, 
real metal stuff, faster stuff and all that. So I think it's a nice, the record's a nice mix of, uh, of different styles within the realm of heavy metal, you know, they're not just right. all the same kind of this or that, you know, everybody now wants to put music in a little box, right? They want to call it this, or they want to call it power metal. They want to call it whatever. To me, this is what the record that we make is, is pure heavy metal. Um, and that's, you know, that's where I'm throwing down with that. that the music to me just sounds like heavy metal. So, but well, it is dynamic. There's songs that they're all dissimilar from each other, I would say. So I tried looking up the uh, the band on uh, Wikipedia. Do you guys, um, there's nothing about the band on there right now. Do you have um, a website or anything so fans can? Sure, yeah, we just started social media. So, you know, with with being signed to, to Frontiers Records, you know, we now we now had to say, okay, you know, let's start a band Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. We have a Twitter page and all that stuff. So that's now just uh, just generating and I'm sure more pages will be added and stuff. But um, for now, we have those three. Um, it's just, you know, Withering Scorn on Facebook, on Instagram and on Twitter as well. Um, so, you- so we're just getting started with it. I mean, literally within, I would say, the last three weeks, maybe three or four weeks. OK. So, so you're planning on possibly a website too, then in the near future? Yeah, yeah, we haven't even done that yet. That's how new this is, dude. I mean, you're, you're, you know, it's, it's all. This is all a work in, in progress because, you know, we, like I said, we finished the record, in I think it was March or I think it was March we finished the record, you know, and literally once we started shopping it, within two weeks we had a we had an offer from Frontiers, a great offer from Frontiers Records, so. That's so awesome. with all that came all the, you know, then we got bombarded. You have to do this. You have to do that. You got to get all your social media happening. So, so it's a work in progress. But as I speak today that uh, we have those three uh, social media pages, but yeah, we will get a, you know, witheringscorn.com or whatever it is. That's going to be in the works as well. Awesome. So what's going on with Active Defiance? Do you, you still involved with the? No, I would, I would say, I mean, the band's certainly on a, on a, hiatus i don't even know if i honestly don't know if we'll ever do anything again chris is quite happy in um um in flames sorry he's quite happy with them he's been with them now for i don't know three four years uh so he's certainly busy with that you know we've all got stuff going on matt matt has uh different things going on as well and so does henry so i i honestly don't see it happening i I never say never because you never know Mm -hmm. what could happen 10 years down the road but as it stands now we, we don't have anything going on with that band at all Okay. Um, so can you tell me about your time with Megadeth? Um, sure. You were, uh, you did four albums with the band. Mm-hmm. Um, what were, what were your thoughts and stuff? Did you like going and being in the band? What, what any special moments or favorite album oh. or anything like that? Well, favorite, uh, favorite record that I played on, I would say would be Endgame. Although I like a lot of, uh, United Abominations as well. I think they're both pretty solid records. I think Endgame is a little more of a solid record from start to finish, in my opinion. Um, you know, there's been tons of great career moments for me. I mean, this, we did so many amazing tours. We did, obviously, we did, you know, Yankee Stadium and all the, those big four shows, you know, right. uh, in Europe with Metallica and uh, Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax. Those were certainly a career highlight. But we did huge tour tours with Judas Priest, you know, Iron Maiden. We played with, you know, Black Sabbath with Ozzy Osbourne. We played with Black Sabbath with Brian James Dio, which heaven and hell, you know. Wow. Um, I mean, I played with so many amazing bands, made so many great friendships over the years. A lot of them that I maintain to this day. So I mean, you know, 
that's all because of Megadeth. And I, I have nothing but good things to say about my experience there. And, uh, you know, they're still out there kicking ass. So more power to them. You know, it's 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 amazing a thing. But uh, I, I'm thankful for my time in that band. But, uh, you know, I moved on to what I'm doing now with with, you know, great respect to the past. I, I try to remain going forward, and not think about the past too much, you know, just right. keep just keep pressing on. Right. So how um besides um drumming, I hear you're a huge golf fan. Yeah. And and you also are a player, so Yeah. Um how long have you been playing golf for? Uh, I think I started when I was nine up in Montreal. You know, that being in a Canadian yourself, you know, you only have so many months in the year to, to play golf, you know. Sure. Usually usually started in May around my birthday. My father would take me out to play golf. Um, you know, and then of course it was shut down probably in November. So you really only had maybe six, seven months to play. Right. And I was, you know, my father played, my older brother, both my brothers play, and my <laughs> uncle who lived with us um, uh, were all avid golfers. So, uh, and I took to it right away. I was I was completely, you know, obsessed with it from the get-go. And, and I remain so to this day. I mean, I I just got back actually two days ago from, a, I did a charity event for uh, for Grant Fuhrer, who was a goalie for the Edmonton Oilers, you know, played with Gretzky and all those, uh, mm -hmm. all the Stanley Cups he won, played, you know, fantastic goalie and a, and a good friend of mine. So, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky enough now to be able to do able to be, uh, to be able to play in a lot of these celebrity events, you know, so that's something I do probably maybe a dozen times a year. And that, makes me very happy doing that and uh you know and of course i play while i'm home with my buddies as much as i can it's a, it's a pass certainly a pa huge passion of mine it's been like that since i was nine years old it's, it's never changed nice and getting to play with all those great players and stuff yeah yeah i mean dude I, I mean there was so many great athletes at, at this event you know um a lot of guys nfl players guys that played major league baseball you know um, nhl hockey players you know they have actors and then you have of course the the, the pro golfers who, who take their time to play these events as well. It's, you just show up and, you, you know, I become friends with a lot of these people over the years, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's really, it's a really cool thing that I'm able to be a part of, you know, I don't take it for granted. I'm, I'm real appreciative of the fact that, that I get to do that um, as much as I do. So it's, it's a, it's a great thing doing something that you love to do. It doesn't suck, you know, exactly. enjoy it. Yeah. I, uh, I play, I play golf when I'm crappy, so I don't, yeah, but it doesn't matter. If you don't have to, you know what I mean? You don't have to be amazing at it. It's like playing music. You don't have to be the best guitar player in the world or the best True. drummer. As long as you're doing it and it makes you happy. Hey, man, you know, that's that's to me, that's I play with golfers a lot all the time. But, you know, they, they they don't play very well. But it's like, you know, you try to encourage them and, you know, it's, you know, if you can hit a couple right. of good shots and have a decent round. You're, you're walking home from that day going, you know what, this this is a lot of fun. I'm going to go. You know, I'm going to go play again next time, you know, instead of going, oh, my God, I suck. I never want to play, you know, try to exactly. keep up, you know, it, it's a difficult sport, man. It's, it, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you, you've played it. So it, it's it's not for everyone. But I tell you, man, if you're hardcore like me about it, it's it's just a lifelong passion. You know, Alice Cooper's pretty big in golfing, too. Alice I think Cooper's a... hardcore, man. He plays all the time. All the time. I'm never yeah. actually it's funny. I've never met him, never toured with him and never played golf with him. That's one yeah. guy. That certainly would be somebody I would like to go play golf with. You know, I've just never had the opportunity. He's never, we've never been at the same events or, or never uh, been on tour together when I was th those years with Megadeth. So it's kind of weird, but he's probably one of the few I have not met. Hmm. That'd be interesting if you ever yeah, did. Yeah, for sure. 
So I, uh, we're both Canadians, so I have to obviously have to ask you a few Canadian questions here. And, uh, so Tommy, growing up, what was your favorite uh, Canadian band that you listened to? Oh, my favorite rock band of any band on the planet is, is Rush, hands yeah. down. And you know, if you want to talk about Canadian bands, obviously Max Webster, huge influence me. I love Triumph. I um, mean, God, there's so many bands. You know, that, that right across. I mean, I love stuff from Gordon Lightfoot all the way to the, you know, to Cryptopsy, the heaviest, one of the heaviest bands on the face of the earth. You know what I mean? And everything in between. You know, I, I have a very eclectic, um, very eclectic taste in music. So I don't only just listen to metal. I go right across the board. Anything that I find interesting or I enjoy listening to, I, I listen to it. You know, you know, tons. There's so many great bands. But you know, back in the 80s, Cody Hash and all stuff like that. I, I love that. I saw Aldo Nova twice. You know, on tour, um, Blue Easter Cult and um, Rainbow back in the early 80s. Right. He kicked ass. I mean, you know, there's tons, so many great performers up in Canada, you know. But, but you know, for me, certainly, you know, Rush, you know, tops them all. And, that, and that's across the planet. That's my favorite rock band that's ever graced the earth. I mean, that was huge influence on me to this day. For sure. So uh, when you started drumming, I, um, I'm assuming maybe you were the Rush's drummer was your idol growing up? or Absolutely. Yeah. They're the reason I, I transitioned from the, the, the listener of rock music to wanting to become a musician. My brother brought home a record called All the World's a Stage, which is Rush's first live record. I think it came out right. in 76, if I, if I remember right. Um, and he put it on as like, what, who are these guys? You know, it's like, you know, how can three human beings sound like that, especially mm -hmm. you know, all of the, I love them all. I mean, Alex Lifeson is one of my favorite guitar players, but Neil Peart, I mean, it's, I never heard anybody play like that in, you know, 19, whatever it was, 1978. I think my brother brought that record home. I think, you know, I think I was 12 at the time and he was nine. And uh, that we both, you know, probably subconsciously made the decision, hey, let's, why don't we try to play music, you know, because we were so obsessed with it. And he got a guitar on his, uh, for Christmas, you know, when he was nine, and I, I started getting stuff from a drum set when I was 12, 13 years old. I mean, it just went, but that to me was kind of the, the trigger that in my mind to maybe, hey, you know, I, I would like to, to try to become a musician as well. So that right, huge, huge influence on me in, in, in so many ways. Right. Rush. Yeah. So uh, going off of Montreal, I assume you're a Montreal Canadian so No, no. Huh? Mm-mm. Oh, no, oddly enough, my and of course we're all avid hockey fans. My brother uh, and my father were dead set against um, being a Montreal Canadiens fan for reasons unknown. And they were very <laughs> big um, Boston Bruins fans. So I okay. we, and we would get in Montreal the closest city to get the hockey fees besides Montreal Canadiens were the Boston Bruins games. So we got a lot of Boston Bruins games. Mm -hmm. uh, this is no, this is in the seventies, you know. And uh, I, I to the, again, to this day, you know, I think Bobby Orr is certainly the best defenseman that's ever ever put on a pair of skates. I mean, he revolutionized the position. Right. Uh, and I would say one of the, the best hockey players that's ever lived. So I became, you know, really obsessed with the Boston Bruins back when I was young for many years. You know, um, I liked other teams as well, but Bo the Boston Bruins were my team growing up. And I kind of I kind of lost touch with it when I moved to uh, America in 1988. Right. They didn't have, they didn't even have, down in Florida, they didn't even have hockey games down there. They didn't have, you know, ESPN weren't broadcasting any kind of hockey games. So I kind of lost contact with it for a number of years until it slowly, you know, hockey became more popular down here as well. And I, you know, kind of re-got into it um, 
but the Bruins aren't my favorite team now. I don't have a favorite team now, but mm. growing up, certainly it was uh, the Boston Bruins because of Bobby Orr and Phyllis Pizzito and Terry O'Reilly, all those guys. You well, know? Was good. Wasn't there yeah. a guy named Park or something? Brad Park or Brad Park? Didn't he? He think he played for the? Did he play for the Rangers? No, maybe. Maybe I'm thinking. I thought there was a Park that's guy. Gonna, that that's going to bug Boston. me the rest of the interview. Who did Brad? Park? <laughs> Anyways. Did he play for? I think he played for the Rangers, but I'm not. Don't hold me to that. Don't hold okay. me to that. Well, I'll anyway, have to look that up too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was you know, huge, huge hockey fan. I mean, I still love hockey. You know, I was I was out in uh, when I did that golf tournament out with Grant Fear out in um, um, Palm Springs. Um, he's got a team out there that he helps work with. Uh, they're the farm team for a Seattle Kraken. They're called the Coachella team. They're called that. Okay. And we went and saw that. Uh, went and saw that game. Um, I think it was on. Uh, Last Saturday, I believe it was. It was fantastic. So you know, I I I love I love every every bit of it. Awesome. So the name of the the band is Wither and Skull. Withering and Scorn. Swarm. Sorry, my apologies. Yeah. Withering Scorn. S C O R N. Yeah. O R N. Well, the right. Withering Skull is a pretty pretty cool name too. Oh. Now. Withering Skull. Did I actually say Skull. <laughs> you did Withering Skull. That's pretty damn metal though. <laughs> And the and the wrong name here we go again and the and the wrong names of the band begin from interviewers. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so thanks uh, thanks anyways for coming on the podcast today. Um, Appreciate it, buddy. And it's nice talking to you. Nice talking to you as well. Have a good one, all right? Okay, take care, man. All right, buddy. Take care. Bye.